A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome back to this World Game Changes podcast episode where we've got a new guest today, a first time or so to speak, Wayne Donnelly from sunny Australia, the other side of the world no less. Very warm welcome Wayne. Thanks very much Paul, great to be here. And what we thought we'd talk about listeners is change your mind, change your life. You know, there's much said about, you know, how powerful the mind is. And there's also a a kind of um, a contra approach to life where we just let things be. Now, that's just one contrasting angle that I'm sure Wayne and I are coming on. And I'm sure there's going to be many, many others. But let's get the show on the on the road, Wayne. And let's start by this title. Change your mind, change your life. Why that title? Well, that's the summary of what I do with my clients. So people come along with an issue, like my work is in behavioural change, and I spe- specifically I'm using some of the behavioural change tools like hypnosis and your linguistic programming. And what I do when people come along with a an issue, I help them to change the way they think so that they approach life differently. So when they do change their mind, they can change their life and what's happening in their world. Mm. Do you want to? Can you give us give us an example of that? Uh, you know, is there a typical client inverted commas problem that people come with? I don't know. Uh, being human, uh, <laughs> big summary. But people come along for many different reasons. They might go on the coaching journey with me. Or they might just come for a couple of sessions of hypnotherapy and change. So it could be they're a smoker wanting to quit. And certainly when they change their mind and their identity and their belief about themselves, they can go from being a smoker to someone who pursues health. Uh, The same with weight loss. And you've got many other things besides. You've got post-traumatic stress, anxiety, phobias, um, fear of snakes and spiders, which we have a lot of, Ellie Cohen one. And then when you go into the business space or the entrepreneurial space, uh, there's a saying that the business is a reflection of the owner. So if the business isn't doing well, there's something that needs to be adjusted in the mindset of the owner. And when we work on that, we can lift up their their belief in themselves. Uh, Then we can change what they're doing with the business. So they're a their altitude, if you like, is determined by their attitude. Uh, so they come in with a certain approach and they get a certain result. So my concept, and, and it all comes down to self-image and self-worth, that many of the problems people have is because they they uh, and change the way they view the past and whatever traumas have happened in life, so that those traumas in the past no longer have any control over them, then they're free to create 
the ideal version of themselves. Uh, to give you an example, uh, and I've got some great clients coming to mind where I had a, an alcoholic come along at six and at that stage he was drinking uh, every night two bottles of red and a bottle of scotch and he was doing every that every every night and still running a business. I don't know how, but he was. And he started drinking when he was seven, when his aunt and uncle induced him, introduced him to a shandy like sherry or port and lemonade. He uh, grew up drinking more and do to overcome their problems, which only creates more problems. And he was ready to change. He came in and we went through a process. It was really, really weird. It looked like, uh, you know, when you, if you have a problem with the computer, you turn it off and turn it back on. Well, we went through this process of change and he paused. He stood there in front of me he, and it looked like the system shut down for a minute or two. I stopped talking. And he just jumped back up and said, that's it, it's done, Wayne. And that was in 2014, and he hasn't had a drink since. So it's almost 10 years we're coming up to, definitely nine years that he hasn't had a drink. So it was one of the most powerful uh, client sessions I've uh, It may be that we need a, a number of sessions because I don't know how many traumas people have been through or the depth of the trauma. So um, it could be a number of different things. Or people going from 40 smokes a day to none. Or it could be um, some of the other things, sexual dysfunction, turning that around. Uh, just even today, I was speaking with a business client and he now has a belief in taking his turnover from I think last year was about 400,000. Uh, he's well on track to do a million dollars a year in turnover self-employed, no other employees. So uh, he's really making a dramatic change in his life and his self-worth has gone up prior to the business going up. His self-worth, self-belief just shot up and now he's on track to achieve his goals. So there's some of the different things that can happen. There's a couple of different reasons why people come to me. Superb. Um what that leads me to, Wayne, you talk two or three times here about identity, and obviously that is so critical. One of the questions I've learned to ask in my own coaching journey is not so much about who am I, but who am I becoming? Any thoughts around that? Yeah, that's really interesting. That's one of the things to really focus on the future and what they're creating what happened in the past and why did it happen and why did why did we respond in a certain way to those events of the past and there's an old saying we get more of what we focus on so i say to people look yeah we'll deal with some of that stuff from the past as it has to be done and the other powerful component is focusing on that future ideal version of themselves and we'll do that in a number of ways. First of all, we've got to create create the picture. What does this person look like? What are they doing? How are they dressed? How do they stand? Like this is in a process uh, where they go do this in their mind's eye, and then we get them uh, to while they're in hypnosis or 
uh, through a guided meditation, will take them out to that future version of themselves and get them to dwell there and become fully associated with the ideal version of themselves so they can see through the eyes of the ideal self, hear through the ears, feel through the body what it's like to be the ideal self, and then and that's that's done in a, a number of different approaches. And from there we we anchor it in so that they can trigger this feeling often during the day and learn and train themselves to be in this position because we can make better decisions when we are our ideal self rather than being the current self trying to overcome the obstacles in front of you. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, Wayne. It makes perfect sense. And it's that kind of projection. It gives us that, I think, by asking, um, um, you know, that who am I becoming? It gives us that space to grow into, doesn't it, rather than being immersed in that belief that this is who I am, you know, and all that conditioning and and everything that goes with that. It kind of opens up the door, doesn't it, to step into this? Oh, absolutely, because we can get caught up in thinking that reality is what we see around us and our circumstances are dictating to us what we think and what we believe is real. And if we flip that around, and for a lot of people this will be challenging, we can flip it around so that regardless of what the circumstances are in our life, we can believe that we that things are favourable. We can act as if. Like it comes into the old saying that whatever we believe to be true is true for us. So if we believe that we are successful, that we are healthy, that we are fit, we're going to, and that is in our value system as well, then we can be, we can be living as though that was true and then it will be true because that's what we're focused on. If we focus on, uh, say, the circumstances around us in business, say people dropped out of um, appointments, the bank balance is low, the team isn't firing, uh, and we're focusing on all the, all the problems, we'll keep perpetuating problems. Yeah. There's also, um, in a former life, Wayne, one of my mentors um, introduced me to a phrase which at first was quite, I think, alarming is not too, too strong a word to use. And it was this, all beliefs are false. They are merely things that we have decided are true for us. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, well, those beliefs come in predominantly over our first seven years of life because we're, we are completely open. We don't have a critical conscious factor to say yes or no, right or wrong, because it's the imprint period. We're learning to live. So we take on everything, what we see from mum and dad and our siblings and close relatives. We take those on as, as real. And it's a belief, and beliefs can be changed. So let's say someone grows up 
in a smoking family and decide, and they've learned in that first seven years, well, that's what humans do. So they're more likely to become a smoker themselves. Uh, although some people will say, well, I saw mum and dad smoke, so I will never smoke. It's an interesting thing that people can react differently. So the first seven years is vital. The, the second seven years between 8 and 14, it's called the um, role modelling period. Now we're, we're looking at our heroes, the people we admire in life, and we're adopting their beliefs. Say if uh, one of our heroes is a local footy footy player in first grade and we know he is also a smoker and goes down to the pub after training every session, we're more likely to follow their behaviour. And then in our teens, early adult life, we're trying to fit in. Like we're socialising. How do we take all these beliefs, all the things we've learnt, and, and how, does, how do we live? And that's where you know, the birds of a feather stick together comes in, that we tend to associate with people of similar, similar beliefs and values. Kind of brings in that, uh, as you were speaking there, Wayne, um, what nudged me kind of brings in that uh, nature versus nurture debate, doesn't it, of, you know, my, my own mind goes back to, you know, my parents were drinkers, were smokers, um, and I certainly ended up with, uh, yeah, a propensity for drink. Let's put it that way, but that's another story. Uh, the smoking, no. But so do we learn that behaviour or is it, you know, is it already in us? Any thoughts on that? Well, look, um, I'm a big one for conditioning and I also recognise there's some, some things in the genetics I mean, we could say some uh, behaviour might think, well, that's genetic, that's hereditary, uh, passed through the, the genes, but dad learned to drink because his dad was drinking because his dad was drinking. Um, so that's just learned behaviour being passed on from one generation to the next. But then I wouldn't rule out the power of genetic disposition. Yeah. And, and I think it brings in as well, we're always as humans, not always, as you see, say that, that generalises, but yeah, I'm going to stick with that just for a, for communication. Book. But we're always looking for that black or white. Everything has to be black or white, either or, doesn't it? There's this, I think generally we struggle as humans for this kind of grey area that, you know, even with the nature or nurture, it's got to be nature or it's got to be nurture. Well, isn't the reality in life that there's so much in the middle called balance? Mm. We do struggle with that, I feel, as humans, Wayne. Yeah, and I think we do. And then why why do we do that instead of looking to create the life that we want to create, regardless of what has happened either in our genes or in our con early conditioning? We can change it because a friend of mine wrote, a book called Reality is Plastic, which the concept is that we have these neurological pathways in our mind where we habituate behaviour. Like it's when driving a car. First it was really awkward and then it became the, un the unconscious knowing. Like we can just do it without even thinking about it. And those things can be changed. So when we look at the 
the pathways that or the programs that people are operating on. Not all the programs are beneficial. However, those programs can be changed. We can switch a, sm a smoker to a non-smoker. We can pit, uh, switch a panic merchant from <laughs> stress, anxiety, panic, and so on to someone being calm, confident, and clear. And we can grow people and we can focus on what, what we want to become and adopt it until we become it. Mm. Slipping back to identity, Wayne, I, I like this quote from Muji because it kind of, for me, sums things up in very simple terms. And I love simplicity. The sense of identity is at the root of all suffering. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's powerful. Well, what if the identity doesn't serve us? Mm. As you said, it creates that suffering. So we can we can change identity. You think of Kerry Grant, and maybe your audience is not as mature or as long in the tooth as us, Paul. But if people, <laughs> some people can remember uh, Kerry Grant. He wasn't born Kerry Grant. He wasn't even American. He was born in England. I think his name was Archibald Alexander. And he he grew up in the UK. He got into vaudeville, which is the old song and dance, and travelled around America. And at 33, he became an American citizen, changed his name to Cary Grant. And in his biography, he wrote this. He said, I acted like Cary Grant so long. I became Kerry Grant and Kerry Grant became me. And he was voted number two uh, Hollywood actor of all time. Mm. Yeah. Our identity is powerful. Whatever you identify as, that is going to create, well, it can create a solution or it can create a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And that and that takes me over, Wayne, to something that um like in my drinking, you know, I had a profound drinking problem for many, well, for decades. And I got to the stage where I'd be on the drink all day, literally all day, and kind of last orders, you know, 12 hours, 13 hours later in the pub. You know, the guys would say, oh, you've just come out then, Paul. Have you just come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've just come out. And actually created this image and this belief system that the, the drinking problem's not mine. If you've got a problem with my drinking outside world, it's you. And I actually convinced myself that I was kind of sober, you know, in front of others after, you know, like I say, 12, 12 13 hours of drinking. For me, Wayne, that's the power of beliefs. The problem's not mine, it's yours, because I was in total denial around it. That reminds me of that joke. This woman came up to Sir Winston Churchill and said, look, sir, you were drunk. And uh, he said, yes, but in the morning I'll be sober and you will still be ugly. <laughs> Identity. Yeah. The old ones are the best, Wayne. That's why you and I have stood the test of time. <laughs> ah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, Aladdin's lamp. Tell us about Aladdin's lamp. Okay, this is what I say to people. I ask them when we're doing the framing up for what we're going to do, if you 
discuss, and this is also a metaphor for your unconscious mind. So if, if you found Aladdin's lamp and you rubbed it and the genie pops out and the genie representing your unconscious mind and you're granted any wish or any number of wishes, what's the first thing you're going to wish for knowing that it's being fulfilled? And so that's the beginning of the journey where we create because we're tapping into the imagination so that we can begin uh, to go on that process of, of creating the ideal life. So they jump in this picture and that's when they start getting associated with being this ideal version of themselves. And using the metaphor of Aladdin's lamp, it's like you go back to that story or to those movies and it just evokes the mystery, the fantasy, the wonder of the childhood imagination or the childlike imagination. And that's the start of the creative process. And on that note, Wayne, let's draw things to a close. I think we've laid, certainly I feel that we've laid an intriguing foundation, if nothing else. And I'd like to build on this with a follow-on podcast episode because I think there's so much rich diversity in this for our listeners. Um, but before we kind of sign off, Imagine we're in an elevator, Wayne. We've just met in a hotel reception, and in thirty seconds, we we both get up into the uh, into the elevator. And in thirty seconds, whilst the elevator goes to the next level, I'll say to you, Wayne, really, really good to have met you. Really fascinating. I'll probably never ever see you again. So by the time this lift gets to the next level, just give me something to take away, because. I want to change my life. What would you say to me, Wayne? Well, you know how people like yourself, you want to change your life, but you feel like you're stuck and stuck on the past or stuck in not being able to get a purpose and a clear future. What I do is to help people get unstuck so that they can change and they can create the life of their dreams. Wonderful. And what I would say to that in return is, Wayne, thank you so much. You've actually helped me. No pun intended. Actually, yes, every pun intended. You've actually helped me, like this elevator, to elevate my life. And there, listeners, I think we'll call it a day. And we'll sign off the way that we always do. Firstly, by thanking Wayne for being part of this wonderful dance. Immense gratitude to you, Wayne. Thank you very much for having me, Paul. And all that remains now is for me to say what I always do at this stage. Remember, the world's changing. And will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? <laughs>